This reading is from Mark chapter 5, verses 1 to 20. They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man, and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat... The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Charles Spurgeon, the great 19th century preacher, said, the preaching of Christ is the whip that flogs the devil. The preaching of Christ is the thunderbolt, the sound of which makes all hell shake. Many years ago, my father worked as a psychiatric nurse, and he worked with an occult practitioner who used to conduct seances during night shifts in the hospital. It was a mental hospital and it was quiet by night so the staff were able to do this in their staff room. She couldn't access her occult powers when my father was present. We took this to be because the Spirit of Christ dwelt in my father. Most of the other staff thought the occult was a joke. Is occult activity just a joke? In today's passage we meet a man who's been inhabited by demons. We also see that the power of Christ is greater. Remember the context. Jesus has burst onto the scene with the authority of God. He is clearly God and man. Jesus is baptised. He calls his first disciples. Then he drives out an evil spirit. Jesus has authority over demons. He has authority over sickness. He heals the sick. 
Jesus forgives sin. Only God can forgive sin. Jesus is God. Jesus is opposed by the religious and political establishment. But nothing can stop Jesus' progress. He teaches with great authority. And then in chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus is able to calm the storm. Jesus is the creator God. Now today, we see more of Jesus' authority over demonic power. Satan's power to bind and Jesus' power to set free. Firstly then, Satan's power to bind. The pastor and writer Lee Eklov reports, about 20 years ago, I had an experience that opened my eyes to the reality of spiritual warfare. While I was sound asleep, I heard the phone ringing, or so I thought. In the darkness, I grabbed blindly for the phone, but I was so groggy that I couldn't really wake up. When I put the phone to my ear, I heard a voice, flat and menacing. He just said, you thought we'd forgotten you. On the phone, there was just silence, but I was sure he was still there. My mind was racing to think, who wanted to hurt me? Who wanted me to cower in fear? The man who got angry a few weeks ago when we wouldn't give him money? I was getting very scared. I sensed this was something dark and diabolical. I couldn't even speak, but somehow I simply blurted out, Jesus! And suddenly the fear left my heart and my bedroom. I came wide awake and realised I didn't have the phone in my hand and that it was still across the room. Yet I knew what, what had happened was more than just a dream. I felt the presence of real evil, the presence of the evil one. But now, after calling on Jesus' name, I wasn't frightened. As a matter of fact, I was exhilarated at the power of Jesus' name. I got up turned on the bathroom light, washed my face and cleared my head. Then I went back to bed. Surrounded by the presence of Christ, I felt a great peace. As I was falling back asleep, I heard a melody in my mind. It was beautiful, like a lullaby. I recognised it but couldn't place it. The next morning it came to me. It was a tune from Les Miserables. And the words, which I didn't even fully know then, are You will keep me safe, and you will keep me close. I'll sleep in your embrace at last. I've always felt that my Heavenly Father hammered me to sleep that night. That night when the power of Jesus' name conquered the evil one. We very much see the superior power of Christ in today's passage. Verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. Jesus now enters Gentile territory. Jesus and his gospel are for everyone, not just for Jews. Jesus has also come for Gentiles, which is very good news for us Gentiles, isn't it? Verse 2. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. 
This would be a terrifying encounter for most people, but not for Jesus. Verse 3, this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. The demonic power in the man gives him superhuman strength. Verse 4, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Here is the power of the occult in its most blatant form. Verse 5. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Satan masquerades as an angel of light. He tempts us. He tempts us to give up on Christ and to come over to his side. And we're so foolish that we fall for it again and again. We disobey Christ. We do things Satan's way. When all the time, Satan wants to ruin us. In an interview with the New York magazine, Lady Gaga said, what I've discovered is that in art, as in music, there's a lot of truth, and then there's a lie. The artist is essentially creating his work to make this lie a truth, but then he slides it in amongst all the others. The tiny little lie is the moment I live for, my moment. It's the moment the audience falls in love. Well, we should not be deceived. We should remember this is the reality of Satan's power in its most naked form. This man is the product of Satan's work. Verse 6, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus? Son of the Most High God, in God's name, don't torture me. That brings us secondly to Jesus' power to set free. The demons in the man know exactly who Jesus is. They know that Jesus has a superior power. Verse 8. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Notice verse 9, Jesus' loving care for the man. What is your name? Jesus treats the man as an individual. Jesus treats the man as if he is of value. What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. C.S. Lewis wrote on this theme, Really, a young atheist cannot guard his faith too carefully. Dangers lie in wait for him on every side. You must not do, you must not even try to do the will of the Father, unless you are prepared to know of the doctrine. All my acts, desires and thoughts were to be brought into harmony with the universal spirit. For the first time, 
I examined myself with a seriously practical purpose. And there I found what appalled me. A zoo of lusts, a bedlam of ambitions, a nursery of fears, a harem of fondled hatreds. My name was Legion. C.S. Lewis was very respectable. He was a university professor. He wasn't running naked amongst the tombs. But he became aware of the demonic activity in his life before he knew Christ. That's why the Bible calls us to repent. To repent of all that we know to be wrong. And to make Jesus king over every area of our lives. Verse 10. The demons begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Verse 11. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. That's the power of Satan to destroy. He destroys whatever he inhabits. He destroys whatever he influences. But here we see Jesus' superior power to set free. The man is now set free and we can be set free. We can be set free from whatever binds us when we come to Jesus in simple trust and obedience. It could be that we need to be set free from an addiction or from a particular habit. Jesus can set us free. We won't be able to do it on our own. We will need support and prayer from trusted friends. But Jesus can set us free. William Gurnall, the great Puritan pastor, after encouraging believers that God is watching Satan's every move and will not let him have the final victory, writes this, when God says stay, Satan must stand like a dog by the table while the, sa the saints feast on God's comfort. He does not dare to snatch even a titbit, for the master's eye is always upon him. And so it is, our master's eye is ever upon him. After his first act of disobedience, his failure and doom were sealed. Jesus is utterly supreme and authoritative in this encounter. Unsurprisingly, the keepers of the pigs were not best pleased, verse 14. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there 
dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Jesus has set the man free. He's restored him to his right mind. He's restored his dignity. He's now clothed. He's restored his happiness and mental health. And yet the people are afraid of Jesus. Verse 16. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Satan is utterly destructive. Jesus has the power to set people free. And sinful people beg Jesus to leave them alone. Sinful people want nothing to do with Jesus. So Jesus leaves. Verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Where does all this leave us? Satan's power to bind, Jesus' power to set free. Why are we so easily fooled into following Satan? All he wants to do is drag us down and take us to hell. All Satan wants to do is kill and destroy. All Satan wants to do is cause misery and suffering. And yet, day by day, we listen to his demons and we choose the way of sin again and again. In his first book, Fellowship of the Ring, J.R.R. Tolkien describes the camaraderie of a diverse group banded together by a common cause. Called the Fellowship of the Ring, their quest is to destroy the power of the Dark Lord, lodged in his ring. Though they differ in nearly every way, racially, physically, temperamentally, they are united in their opposition of the Dark Lord. However, a heated conflict breaks out among them. Axes are drawn, bows are bent, harsh words are spoken, Disaster nearly strikes the small band. When peace at last prevails, a wise counsellor observes, Indeed in nothing is the power of the Dark Lord more clearly shown than in the estrangement that divides all those who still oppose him. Today, the Dark Lord Satan shows his power when there's discord among believers. We need to face up 
to the naked reality of Satan. Here in Mark 5, we see what he is like. This is what he wants to do with each one of us if we give him a chance. He wants to ruin us. The staff who joined in the seances at the hospital where my father worked thought they were just having a bit of fun. Occult power is never that. It is real, demonic, evil power. It is not to be trifled with. Similarly, we are not to disobey God and choose Satan's side, which of course we do on a regular basis. Satan's way always seems so plausible always seem so attractive. Jesus' way often looks boring or sacrificial. But the reality is that Jesus has a superior power to set us free. When we find ourselves trapped by Satan's schemes, it is Jesus alone who has power to set us free. Will we come to Jesus today? Will we be set free by him? Will we be restored to love, power and a sound mind? To quote the Apostle Paul. And like the man who's been set free, will we go away and begin to tell people how much the Lord has done for us? When we speak about Christ to our friends and family, it confirms in us what Jesus has done for us. As we publicly confess faith in Jesus, that faith is greatly strengthened. Have you experienced the superior power of Jesus to set us free? you can do this evening. Come to Christ. Admit that like C.S. Lewis, we are a mess of sin. But Jesus came to save sinners. Come to him. Jesus died on the cross to pay for all our sin and to set us free from Satan's power. Come for the first time. Come again and again. Keep coming to Jesus for forgiveness, for cleansing, to be set free from Satan's power. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, how we thank you for Jesus' power to set us free. Father, we confess our weakness and our foolishness. We confess that we willingly choose Satan's path again and again. We choose the way of sin 
we choose the way of rebellion against King Jesus. And we are truly sorry. Please grant us true repentance and faith in Jesus. Grant us, Lord, to know the freedom that Jesus died to pay for. Set us free from sin, Father. Set us free from Satan's power. Keep us from ever trifling with the occult. Grant us to live lives which honour and please Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen.